You're listening to the Study Legal English podcast, the world's first legal English podcast, helping lawyers and law students become fluent in legal English. Hello and welcome to episode 69 of the Study Legal English podcast. I am your host Louise and today's episode is all about what happens in a criminal trial in the Crown Court. In the last episode we looked at the process in the Magistrates Court at a summary trial. But what about trials in the Crown Court? That is our topic for today. So let's get started. The Crown Court is one of the superior courts of England and Wales. Unlike the Magistrates Court, which is solely a court of first instance, the Crown Court has dual jurisdiction. It has both original jurisdiction and appellate jurisdiction. This means that, firstly, it is a trial court and tries cases for the first time. And secondly, it is an appellate court and hears appeals from the magistrate's court. As we are not focusing on appeals today, I'm going to be referring to the Crown Court procedure in criminal trials. That is the first time the case is heard. As a court of first instance, the Crown Court tries allegations of either way offences which have been allocated to the Crown Court by the Magistrates Court or, alternatively, where the defendant previously, at the pre-trial hearing, elected for trial by jury at the Crown Court. The Crown Court must also try allegations of indictable-only offences and these are the most serious types of offences. The same procedure used in the Magistrates' Court is also used in the Crown Court. However, there are some big differences. Firstly, I'll just remind you of the procedure which I talked about in the last podcast episode, and then I'll tell you about the main differences between these two procedures. The general structure of a criminal trial is as follows. In the first stage of the trial, the prosecution presents its case. The prosecution gives its opening speech, followed by the witness testifying under oath or affirmation. There is the examination-in-chief of the witness by the prosecution, the cross-examination of the witness by the defence, and the re-examination of the witness by the prosecution and the bench. Then there is the second stage, known as the half-time submissions. This is where the defendant has the opportunity to make a submission of no case to answer. Here the defendant can claim that the prosecution's evidence is insufficient and would not be enough to convict the defendant. If this submission is successful, the trial will come to an early end and the defendant will be acquitted. If unsuccessful, however, of course the trial will continue. Stage 3 is similar to stage 1 
However, this time it is the defence presenting their own version of the facts. If the case is quite complex, then the defence may choose to give an opening speech before calling witnesses. These witnesses go through the same process as the prosecution witnesses in the first stage. That is, examination in chief, this time by the defence, cross-examination, this time by the prosecution, and then re-examination, where the defence can clarify certain matters which arose in the cross-examination. In stage four, the parties give their closing speeches in order to summarise their case. The prosecution can only give a closing speech, however, where the defendant has legal representation. So, that's what happens in general in the main part of a criminal trial. But what are the differences between a trial at the Crown Court and a trial at the Magistrates Court? Well, firstly, the defendant must be present at the trial. You may remember that for some offences in the Magistrates Court, the defendant did not need to be present in the Crown Court he or she does. Secondly, the major difference is that in the Crown Court, most cases are tried by a judge and a jury. The jury is normally made up of 12 randomly selected members of the public, whereas in the Magistrates Court, the magistrates or the district judge are the triers of fact and law. In the Crown Court, the judge is the trier of law and the jury are the triers of fact. This means that it is the jury's role to decide what facts are true and to deliver a verdict of guilty or not guilty based on these facts. So, clearly there are things which happen at a trial in the Crown Court which are related to the jury, which of course do not happen in the Magistrates' Court. For example, at the beginning of the case, the jurors are sworn in. This means they must take an oath or affirmation promising to do their job properly. If a point of law needs to be discussed by the judge or the legal representatives, the jury is asked to leave the courtroom because matters of law concern the judge and not the jury. You may remember from podcast episode 64 when I interviewed criminal defence barrister Christopher Kesling about the differences between TV legal English and real legal English. He said that on TV and in America, you often find an attorney saying something like, Your Honour, may I approach the bench? Sorry for my terrible American accent there, but the attorney will say this in order to discuss a point of law with the judge out of earshot of the jury, meaning that the jury can't listen. In English courts, however, this doesn't happen. Instead, you get the judge saying something like, um, members of the jury, now is a good time to go and get a cup of tea. I'm not sure if my um, judge accent is any better than my uh, American accent. 
Anyway, uh, the reason the judge says this is because in England the jury gets sent out of court when a point of law arises. So, moving on, in a trial at the Crown Court, in the half-time submissions, the defendant has the opportunity to submit a no-case-to-answer application in the same way that this happens also in the magistrate's court. The difference here is that if this is successful, the judge will direct the jury to acquit the defendant because the prosecution's evidence is insufficient and this is called a directed verdict. And it's also worth noting that for some very serious charges, such as murder and manslaughter, no case to answer submissions are prohibited. Now, you may remember that towards the end of a criminal trial in the magistrate's court, in a non-jury trial, It's the magistrates or the judge who retire and then deliver a verdict. This is different in the Crown Court. Here, firstly, the judge will sum up. This is when the judge gives legal directions and summarises the evidence for the benefit of the jury. When the judge gives legal directions, this means he gives instructions to the jury about important legal matters. For example, the jury's function, the elements of the offence, and also about the burden of proof required to convict the defendant. You will probably remember that the burden of proof in criminal law is very high. The jury must be sure that the defendant committed the crime in order to reach a verdict of guilty. So, after this summing up by the judge, the jury will then retire, where they deliberate on their verdict of guilty or not guilty and try to reach a unanimous decision. A unanimous decision is where everyone decides the same thing. And to retire, you may remember from the last episode, means they leave the courtroom in order to reach a decision and to deliberate means that they talk very seriously and carefully about the facts in order to reach a decision. Pay attention to the pronunciation here. To deliberate is spelt the same as the adjective deliberate, which means intentional. But the two words I assure you, it it might be a bit difficult to hear, but they have different pronunciation. To deliberate is the verb. Deliberate is the adjective. So be careful when you pronounce those two words. Now, I don't know about you, but in my experience, it can be rather difficult to get even two people to agree on the same thing, let alone 12. So therefore, as you can imagine, it can be very difficult for 12 people, the 12 jurors, the 12 members of the jury, to reach a unanimous decision, and opinions can be very divided. If the jury cannot reach a unanimous decision, the judge can accept a majority decision if the jury have had at least two hours to deliberate. A majority decision is where most people say the same thing, 
and the judge will accept the following majority decisions. If there are ten jurors, the decision can be nine to one. By this, I mean nine deciding the same thing, and one going against this decision. If there are eleven, it can be ten to one. If there are twelve jurors, it can be eleven to one or ten to two. And if there are only nine jurors, then only a unanimous decision is acceptable. So, if the verdict is not guilty, the defendant will be released unconditionally, and if it is guilty, the court will proceed to sentencing, which we will be looking at in the next podcast episode. In some situations, the jury simply cannot reach even an acceptable majority decision, and when this happens, it's called a hung jury. In this case, the jury will be discharged, meaning that they do not have to continue in their role, and the trial is concluded without a verdict. The defendant is not acquitted, and the defendant is not convicted. It's up to the prosecutor instead to decide whether or not to have a retrial. Great. So now that we've listened to the way a trial takes place in the Crown Court. Let's look at some key vocabulary. I want to point out the difference between the verbs to hear and to try, and the corresponding nouns: the hearing and the trial. To hear is a broad term. It can mean to listen or to receive something. For example, the judge heard evidence, but it can also mean to conduct a hearing or to conduct a trial. For example, the judge heard the case. But what is a hearing? Well, the word hearing is also a broad term. It refers, in general, to a legal proceeding in a court or tribunal. It can be used to refer to either a criminal or civil legal proceeding, which deals with preliminary matters. For example, a pre-trial hearing. But it is also sometimes used to refer to a legal proceeding such as a trial. And what about to try and trial? To try means to examine judicially or to examine by means of a trial. And what is a trial? Well. A trial refers to an adversarial proceeding where evidence is presented in court by parties in order to determine disputed facts, in order to resolve a dispute or decide whether or not a defendant is guilty. So I'll just give you a few tips about using these words. So it's far more common to use the verb to try with trial courts. And the verb to hear with an appeal court, a trial court, also known as a court of first instance, is one of original jurisdiction where evidence is first presented, whereas an appellate court is one which reviews decisions of the trial courts on matters of law and does not deal with the facts which are already established in the trial courts. So, if we take two courts from England, the magistrates' court is a trial court, 
and the Crown Court, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, has dual jurisdiction, both original and appellate jurisdiction. We could say the case was first tried in the magistrate's court and then went on appeal. The Crown Court heard the appeal. So, I hope that didn't confuse you too much and hopefully that's made things a little bit clearer for you. So, that's the end of today's episode. I hope that you've found it helpful and if you are curious as to what a criminal trial looks like, head over to my YouTube channel, that is youtube.com forward slash c forward slash study legal English and here if you click on playlists and then click on a mock criminal trial you will be able to see some BBC videos showing a mock criminal trial and I think this is quite a good resource for teaching and learning about the criminal justice system in England. And another point to note is that if you visit London, you can go to the Central Criminal Court, also known as the Old Bailey, which houses the Crown Court, and you can watch a criminal trial for yourself. Because, as you may well remember, criminal trials generally take place in open court, which means that members of the public can go and watch. So, as always, Podcast Pro members can access further resources at studylegalenglish.com forward slash episode 69. So, thank you for listening and see you next time.